Right, we're welcoming you back here on 760 WJR. Yeah. Going to be a, a hell of a weekend for college football. And, of course, uh, all eyes around here are going to be on Michigan taking on Purdue. But there's a lot of games around the country that would affect not only Michigan's fortunes in terms of if they beat Purdue or even if they lose to Purdue, who would they end up playing in a college football playoff? But also, can they keep Ohio State permanently out of this thing? Mm. Because to me, if you if Ohio State gets in, it takes something away from the Michigan victory. Does that sound weird? Oh no, not but you at know all. what I mean. Yeah, it's like that. That no, that victory like should be for the victory. whole thing. Yeah. It's it's like a Game of Thrones thing when you you know they <laughs> they, 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 they stab the guy in the heart. And he's down and he's dead. And it's, and you don't want him getting up and, and, and crawling around. And, you know, I'm going to play wounded, but I'm going to still going to play. You want him dead, right? right? What right. about this, though, Mitchell? Isn't it kind of a crime that Purdue, again, out of the Western Division, they're 8-4? and four. I think it's tragic. And, and keep in mind, no team from the West has ever, ever won a Big Ten championship. So truly, you could easily make the argument that it should be a redo of Michigan-Ohio State. For a true conference championship, no. Well, that's an interesting concept. No. Let's bring in. No. Let's bring in someone who writes about college football for a living. Has done so very well for many years. From the Detroit News, and yes, I said from the Detroit mm-hmm. News. Mm-hmm. We occasionally have people yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Good for Detroit you, Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. Angelique Singalis is on the phone with us. Hi, Angelique. I appreciate that, Mitch. Thank you for having me on. And hi, Steve. For Hello, you, we Angelique. What's up, Angelique. twin? Hi, Twin. How are you guys? All right. You know we're born on the same day, Mitch. Yeah, it's hard to tell you guys apart. <laughs> I have <a> twins. <laughs> Do you agree with me, Angelique, that, that if Ohio State somehow got into the playoff, it would just feel like that game was a tie instead of the, the, the big win that Michigan had? I mean, it's a great point, and it, it, it would feel very weird, and I think it would feel strange for the players and a couple of them. Uh, we had a chance to speak to some of them after practice Tuesday. And, you know, they, they talked about, would you rather play like this with the West and East division champs? Or would you want would you want it to be the top two teams in the Big Ten? And they all really like that idea. So, you know, I, th- I don't think they hate the idea of a rematch. But I, I think, generally speaking, when you look at that, that's not what you want to see. But I'll tell you, I mean, I don't know if you've been on these, these uh, Boo Corrigan CFP post announcement uh, conference calls, but I'll tell you, I mean, every week it sounds like they really, really, especially last night, really want Ohio State in there. And um, I I think that they're going to, you know, if things fall in place, I I don't see this as an impossibility. Well, if if the top four teams win, they're not changing that around, right? Right, right. So right right now they they have a very strong representation uh, on three out of the four. Uh, I I mean, Georgia's Georgia's a a, a bona fide blue chip pedigree Mm -hmm. from the SEC national champion for, you know, they are, they are of our time. They're, they're, they're the best team. And they got Michigan to represent the big 10. They got USC was, was a gold standard for the PAC 12 and they got TCU. (laughs) People don't even know what that stands for. Where are they? Outside of the fact that Dan Jenkins went to TCU, I don't know a whole lot about him either. Uh, He used to write about them in his semi-tough books and, you know, and and the the wonderful sports writing that he did. But, you know, two schools from the same conference, you can make an argument that that's not the most fair thing to have either. So I don't have a problem with this Final Four. Do you? 
No, I don't. I, I don't. And it, it does hinge on this weekend. And USC and TCU could lose those games. I mean, obviously, 50-50 chance. And, and I thought that was interesting. I mean, the big thing talking to some of the Ohio State writers on Sunday was, you know, where would Ohio State play? If they drop behind Alabama, then that was a message from the committee. Well, they're at five, which is also a message to the, from the committee that if these two teams, if one of them stumbles, then it's, it's very likely that Ohio State moves back up into the four. So it's, it's about TCU, sort of like Michigan last week. They had to get that job done because if Michigan had lost that game, I don't think there would be that wiggle room uh, for Michigan as there is for Ohio State uh, to, to get into the four. And the one point that, that Courtney kept making last night, and he stressed this, is that this was not a blowout in their minds. You know, you can look at the score, 45-23, but they're looking at, well, this was a pretty close game going into the fourth quarter. And, you know, it was. It was it was 24-20. And then all of a sudden you get the, the touchdown run from J.J. McCarthy and things start to They're looking at that, and that's why they they wait. They are weighing Ohio State differently in, in this whole in this whole scenario. Angelique, well, I've, uh, I've talked to a lot of people uh, about the potential of what the Big Ten does when USC and UCLA come. Uh, will they keep the East and West divisions, which has been, I think, a complete failure uh, for reasons I've already mentioned? Or will they drop divisions altogether and it will indeed become the top two teams go to the conference championship? Oh, I think the latter, Steve. And I, and I, you know, I was talking about this on the field before the game, talking to people who would know these things, and, and they said that this is not set yet. They have not really made any determinations. But, you know, there is a strong lean toward that, that option. I, I mean, I agree with you. The West Division, is, it's a joke. I mean, I think everybody agrees with us on that. And, I mean, you have an 8-4 and four team representing the West Division. That's not a knock on Purdue, but it's just, you know, that's the kind of, of, of competition they have right. on that side. And it's been anybody's anybody's uh, to win and uh, you know I think they have to go they have to make it a, a, a top to bottom and then you take the top two and and play for a championship if that's how they're going to do it I mean you don't know with an expanded playoff how they're going to operate will they have uh, will they have exactly. conference championship games anymore so there's still a lot of, of questions to be answered well you know there have been years where Wisconsin was a good team and mm-hmm. Iowa was a good team and highly ranked teams and and, and and sometimes higher ranked than everybody on the east side, except maybe Ohio State. It's just recent fortunes here. I don't understand when they get UCLA, UCLA and USC, how they're going to have everybody play one another and have fair schedules to begin with. I mean, who, who gets to avoid USC each year? Who gets to skip UCLA? Who doesn't have to play Ohio State? They already have that problem as it is. Now you have how, how many total teams are going to end up in here? 15, 16, 16, and base- 16 teams, and you got, what, oh. uh, eight games, basically? Well, to, with three to, non-conference, to everybody's playing three non-conference, so Angelique, the question becomes, will that be affected as well? Because mathematically, if it stays the way it is, you would go through a season in the Big Ten not facing seven Big Ten teams. Yeah, that would make it really interesting. And, and let's not also forget the conversation that of, of potential additional expansion i mean there there are other teams that they've been talking about washington and oregon and i don't think this is done yet and then and then how do you do it then i think you have to go if you're going that big then i think you do have to go into divisions again but i think right now they want to avoid that i i think that maybe this west division this experiment whatever you want to call it has been so dreadful they certainly don't want to replicate that 
but uh, but well, I, you, know, uh, I you got a natural build-in if you take UCLA yeah. and USC, put them in the West. I mean, they yeah, are in the absolutely. West. Absolutely, they are. If, in if, the- if it would be, it would, it would be the height of, of of typical hypocrisy that they would come and join the Big Ten and be in the Big Ten East, <laughs> UCLA and USC. <laughs> but now let's stay let's stay where we are here right now because that's way in the future. All right, so Michigan Michigan amongst the top four teams here now. And by the way, I see a scenario where if TCU and USC both lose. Don't say it. You could have the ultimate. Don't say it. You could have two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. Are you talking about Alabama? Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan. Don't say it. Well, they're they're lined up that (laughs) way right now. Alabama's number six. I I know. If if TCU can't can't beat, who are they playing? Kansas State. State. If TCU can't beat Kansas State, do you think that 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 TCU team that loses to Kansas State is better than Alabama, even with their two losses? Alabama lost two games in the final seconds. I don't know. When you look at Alabama play, you still say that team could win. It could beat everybody. But don't you think a team that's not playing this week should get points taken off? That's what I was going to say. I there mean, you those go. are two teams that that's aren't playing. Twins. And, it's, you know, <laughs> that is part of this whole debate, and that's what makes it interesting. But – you know, Mitch raises a very good point. I mean, when you look at Alabama, uh, you know, it, it it could be. I mean, that's what's, that's the beauty of this weekend and, and how those games are going to play out because uh, I watched USC last week and they look like a really legit team. Caleb I have Williams not seen a lot of TCU. I don't know much about TCU. So that'll be, to me, that's the wild card right there. The plot thickens, though. Keep in mind, number four USC is only a two-and-a-half point favorite over Utah. In the Big tw- uh, the Pac-12 championship, then TCU's only a two and a half point favorite over K-State. So, didn't Utah beat them the first time? USC, yeah. yes, That's yes, loss. they yeah. did. Well, it would be good for Michigan if the chalk held and they drew TCU in right. the in the uh, semifinal, right? I mean, that's probably the best right. that they could hope for out of the teams that are left. They don't want to play USC. They don't want to play Ohio Georgia. State. They definitely don't want to play Alabama. So of everybody that's left who could possibly play them, two versus three, I think I would think TCU uh, would be their choice. But let me ask you this, Angelique, because you're close to the team, and you were, I believe, the person who reported that Blake Corum was going to try to play uh, in last week's game. He lasted two whole plays. To me, it, it, it's incredible. You could talk about college football forever and a day. You can talk about Michigan all week long, and nobody brings up Blake Corum. And I, I keep saying... Blake Corum, Blake Corum, Blake Corum to try to understand Michigan. Now, I understand that they won the game against Ohio State without Blake Corum in it. I am still trying to figure out how they did it, by the way, because I've watched them all year, and I was thinking this whole team is based on Blake Corum. But they, they got you know they, they got away from what they did with Blake Corum, which was uh, first and ten, second and four, uh, first down, uh, first and ten, second and three, third and one, first down. That you know he he would always keep the chains moving. Instead, they just gave it to Donovan Edwards and he ran seventy five yards and got a <laughs> touchdown. Uh, that's not going to work every week. So is Blake Corum? Did he go backwards in by by trying to play? And are they, and are they going to try to use him against Purdue and risk perhaps injuring him more? Or are they thinking that they can win even if if they rest him? Oh, no, I, I, I really don't think you're going to see Blake Corum on, on Saturday night, Mitch. I, I really don't. And, and I wanted the same. I have, not, I have not 
received an answer about that. You know, could he have injured himself a little bit more by trying to play on, on Saturday? And I was on the field watching his pregame warmups, and, and, you know, he was moving around, but it, was, it seemed a little ginger, and it wasn't exactly the way he normally looks on the field. But he wanted to play, obviously wanted to play and be part of, of that win. And, um, but, no, I don't, think, I don't think anyone should expect to see him on, on Saturday. And, and, you know, I think the, what you saw last week at Ohio State was J.J. McCarthy finally – connecting and not just JJ I hate keep I hate to keep putting it on him I mean the receivers clicked too and they they made that work finally the deep passing game which had been lacking and and you know they obviously had to make up for not having Blake Corm there and he has been everything this season and the offensive line too Um, so it'll be interesting to see you know can he heal up enough to be ready for a a college football playoff I I don't know I, I, I think it's it's really that's a lot to expect right now from from Blake Corum. So you don't even think you don't wait. You don't think he'll be available for New Year's? I I don't know. I mean, I I think it's it's you know it's, I, I think it's it's significant, and I think people need to understand that you just can't rush this guy back. And um, you know, yeah, I, but everybody I, said everybody was saying that the injury that he had was a contusion. And contusions are not the same as ACLs or 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 right. or, or, or the like. You know, they, they, it's just they hurt, but they they heal much more quickly, and they don't require surgery or anything like that. Now we're talking about a month from now, more than a month from now. But is that a true uh, diagnosis for the, for the next game? Right? I mean, yeah. he could, he's not going to heal up from a contusion in four weeks. Well, I, I don't know. I think we're going to have to revisit that. But I, my gut feeling right now is, is that he, it's going to take a lot of work for him to get back by then. And, wow. um, you know, I think then Donovan Edwards has a hand injury. I mean, you know, he had that performance with a cast on his hand and his thumb. And, you know, I think people are, are not – I don't think people have given him enough credit for that performance because, you know, this is a serious situation too with his hand. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, that was something that, that Corgan brought up on the conference call last night, mentioning injuries. You know, obviously, Tennessee had a significant injury, but um, he did mention Blake Corum. And, you know, they're obviously not going to hold that against Michigan, but it is something they think about. You know, it is this, how, how is this going to affect these matchups when you have an injured, a key injured player? So um, I, I don't know that they have any inside information on, on Blake Corum. I, I certainly don't think so, but... I do think it's something that it's going to take some time for him to get back. Well, you know how it is, Angela, getting accurate injury information on college football Impossible. players. It's like going right. into Fort Knox Impossible. and helping yourself to a couple of bricks of gold and yeah. Yeah. walking out. You'll have you'll you'll find out where COVID originated before you find out. <laughs> Indeed, Blake Corum is going to play on January first. Uh, by the way, I understand that Jim Harbaugh stands to make a lot of money uh, th- this past week and this weekend. Because of the incentives in the contract, I think if I added them up, it's close to two million dollars. If That's you take right. the what for for beating Ohio State, for winning the Big Ten East, for winning the Big Ten championship, and making the college football playoff, it's worth like two million dollars, right? Right, which is what when when Ward Manuel drew up that contract, he, he it wasn't the contract the the previous one coming off the COVID year where you know if he hit all those marks, he would make up most of what he had lost in his base. So this is going to bring him, you know, pretty. That's a pretty tidy sum overall. That wow. he'll be, uh, you know, it's still not quite ten million a year, but it's it's up there. Well, Blake Horn's getting uh, thirty carries then this week. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and thank God Harbaugh. Thank, thank God Harbaugh didn't How get much the. Money uh, does that work? Blake, thank, get out there! Thank God Harbaugh didn't get the Vikings job. He Somebody didn't. carry Blake out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, the guy who got the Vikings job is having a pretty good year. So. That's right. Uh, yeah. All right, Angelique. Blake up out there. Thanks for representing. Uh, we'll look forward to your account of the uh, the. I imagine you're going to the game in Indianapolis. I am. Yeah. So we'll look forward yeah. to your account of that. Thank, thank you for you. coming on, and uh, thanks we'll see so what much, Angelique. Shingalis from the Detroit News. It's 760 WJR.